Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Both Team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get ready to transition from one road course race to another. This past weekend, racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. Michael McDowell taking the checkered flag. More on that in a moment. We are in a very unique stretch, though. Talk about going from Indy to Watkins Glen to Daytona. Two road courses and a super speedway getting set to establish the playoff field for 2023. And it's an opportunity for some, and it's chaos and catastrophe for some of the others. We'll give it the playoff grid post-Indianapolis in a moment, but obviously... Michael McDowell winning at the Brickyard. Turned some things upside down for some folks, but not him. We always talk about his road course racing prowess and his super speedway racing prowess. Michael McDowell is better than what you think on road courses, and I would say through his performance of this past weekend, immediately makes him a favorite to win the Go Bowling at the Glen coming up Sunday from 
Watkins Glen International. Jason Toy had a chance to spend about 15 minutes with Michael. We played a clip of it for you on NASCAR Live on Tuesday night, but I want you to hear the full interview. What a great guy. What a moment of opportunity that they seized Sunday when they had a chance to kiss the bricks at day's end, winning the Verizon 200. This again was earlier in the week, our Jason Toy with Michael McDowell after his first win of 2023. Michael, how are you, buddy? Congratulations. Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been a been a fun week. Uh, you know, it's always fun to come off of a win and celebrate with your friends and team and, you know, hang out. So it's, uh, it's good. All good things. All right. So career win number two, you get the first one at probably one of the biggest stages in NASCAR at the at the Cup Series and the Daytona 500. You fast forward to this past weekend, one of the, the most iconic tracks. I you know folks are this is radio. So we're let me give a description here behind you over your left shoulder is the trophy from the Brickyard. That nice little brick right there for the Verizon yeah. 200 win. How iconic is it to pick up your second win at a place like Indianapolis? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's just, yeah, you can't, you can't even imagine that that would be how it would play out, right? I mean, there's just, um, you never know in the Cup Series when, when you're going to hit on something and have a car that's capable of winning. I mean, um, but, you know, at the same time, we probably, if you said, hey, what are the five races that are most likely for you to win? I mean, we would say super speedways and road courses. Those are probably our best chance. So um, it's it's pretty special. I mean, it's special to to be a Daytona 500 winner and now win at uh, Brickyard is, is crazy. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's different, right? I think it's hard to describe for a lot of people is every race win is special. But there's more to just winning Daytona and just winning Indy. It's just everything that goes around it with the history of the facility and the sport and victory lane and kissing the bricks or or for the Indy 500, drinking the milk or the trophy or just what it all means, right? And so this is special because of what that victory celebration's like, you know, taking your car up the elevator uh, to victory circle there, taking your team and your family down to kiss the bricks. And it doesn't get much cooler than, than winning at Daytona and winning at Indy. You know, you talked about the family there. And, you know, I've seen Jamie at the racetrack with you, and I've seen some of the kids there over over the last couple of years, but your family has grown. you got five kids now, and Trace and Emma and uh, Riley Lucas and Isabella. And it was that was what was special for me to be able to watch that with you and knowing the type of guy that you are and how hard of a worker you are to get to where you are here, to have the whole family there to take it all in. How special was that for you? Oh, man, it was awesome. Um, so thankful to have them there and have them be a part of it. And, you know, things just happen, right? Like you, you don't really think about it when it's happening in the moment. But as soon as I crossed the victory lane, that's the first thing I thought about was like, go get my family. Like my family's here. Like, don't let them miss this, you know, like don't, don't let them miss it because, um, you know, people know the story, but at Daytona, they, they weren't allowed to be there. It was under COVID protocols and it just celebration was just so different. Right. I mean, you couldn't even high five your crew guys. And, and then, you know, all the things that went with it, you know, it's just, they have been with me 
you know, this whole journey, the highs and the lows, especially my wife, my oldest son, you know, he's 14. So I've been in this sport 16 years. So his entire life and every year we go to Daytona every year, we've never missed it. It's like our thing. It's what we do as a family. It's like, it's a fresh start, a new year, go down to Daytona. And we do that together. They've only missed one year the entire time. And it's the year I won, right? And so, yeah. So to have them there and to be able to have a truly special, you know, victory lane celebration um, was awesome. It meant so much to me. You know, winning the race meant a lot too. I mean, it's it's what we work for. It's what we do. Um, but just having them there and be able to take that in uh, was very, very rewarding for me, for sure. You know, I was impressed with the with your girls. They were on top of the wall. They probably would have jumped on the hood of the race car there to get down to you, but they wanted the flag. They were all into it. You know, anyone that has kids uh, knows, you know, the conversations you have at your house behind closed doors are, are so fun. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so for us, we talk about this all the time. We talk about them getting a chance to go to Victory Lane, and um, you know, kids are are fun and they're intuitive, and you know, they they ask you those challenging questions, and and so our running joke, like to the plane when we get in and we load up, is, it, "Hey, Daddy, is this a good track for you? Is this one that you could win? Could we maybe go to you know Victory Lane this weekend?" And you know, my response is always the same. Yeah, this is my best track, even if it's not, even if it's my worst track. I always say, yeah, this is my best track. We're going to have a shot at it. Um, and so they have been wanting and anticipating this moment for a long time. And, you know, we hold it loosely. We know that, <laughs> I mean, we're not winning every week yet, um, but I felt like it it was going to happen. And I felt like there, there's going to be a moment we're going to get to enjoy it. And this was a big one for sure. Well, for you, and I, and I got to admit, I, I saw you uh, talk about this earlier in the week. How hungry did it make you after Chicago? Shane Van Gisbergen comes in, you know, it, that was a race I'm sure you had circled. that will be an opportunity yeah. for you guys to, to pick up a win. He comes in and, and beats everybody. What's the hunger that that put into you going into this race weekend? Yeah, it was a big motivator and I hope that it doesn't come off wrong because I don't yeah. want, I don't want it to sound like this, but to me that's what I felt like I was going to do at the Chicago Street Course. I mean, I anticipated with my background of having some street course experience, our road course program being where it's at, kind of where we're at as a race team. I felt like we were going to go there, we were going to be the car, the team to beat. And we just weren't we weren't and you know i put some of that on me of uh things that i definitely learned after and some of the things that we learned from a setup standpoint but seeing him do that man it was tough because there's nothing short of just sensational for him to come in and beat everybody that badly but it made me frustrated i mean i was mad that not that he did, but that, man, why don't, I'm not challenging myself enough. I'm not asking enough of myself, obviously. I mean, if a guy that can come in here that's never sat in our car, that sits on the other side of the the, the, the car, at his, I mean, he's not even the same, right? And he can go put it to us like that. I need to go to work. I need to figure out how to be better. Now, my background's road racing, and we all know that, but 
the same time, I've been in NASCAR for 16 years. I'm a oval guy. It's what I do now. I don't race road courses every weekend. I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so the experience that I have is from so long ago that it just made me go to work of like, what are guys doing differently now? How are they approaching it? What are they maximizing? What are they doing? Um, and yeah, there's definitely a hunger there. Um, and you know, on all fronts, you know, car development as well. And, you know, figuring out maybe we need a fresh perspective and new eyes to, or a new way to look at certain things. And so, yeah, we went to work and um, it, it was a motivator for sure. I'll say it doesn't come off wrong. It comes off, like you said, as hungry because you've got the world's best that want to come to run with you guys here in this series. That That's that's pretty high marks. But then also, too, it makes you even hungrier, hung, hungrier to beat them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. But you know, let's talk a little bit here. But I'm going to talk about your crew chief right now. And the big thing yeah. too, you know, you got the big win with Drew. With Drew, you had Blake with you, and you guys had a series of top ten finishes and some good runs there. But you also had an opportunity to uh, pick up with the new car, and that was a big thing for you. We always talk about the great equalizer with that. Yeah. And then Blake moves on. You bring in Travis, and it doesn't seem like you guys have skipped a beat. You guys are continually having great runs week in and week out. Yeah, it's been good. You know, I think that the next-gen car was a big step forward for us at Front Row. No doubt about it that that helped us get to that next level, kind of a little bit level playing field and same parts and pieces. And we weren't running, you know, I'm not going to say our cars were old prior to that, but we just weren't going to catch up to the big teams because even though we were developing, they were developing faster. I mean, we were just never going to close that gap. And so when the next gen car came, it was like, okay, we're all the same. And we have a window of opportunity before these guys figure every small little detail out where we got to, you got to hit some home runs. Um, and so, you know, last year I felt like we, we put together a lot of great finishes and, you know, we had, I think we had 12 top tens, which was really strong for us. And, um, and then obviously running that well, makes makes it tough because those people are attractive and uh, and yeah so it wasn't just Blake I mean Blake was a you know a tremendous asset and obviously he had a great opportunity and I mean who who wouldn't uh, want to go to Hendrick and and do uh, what he's getting to do so nobody blamed him here we all understood as you know great opportunity for him and his family um, and if it was just him, it would have been, we'd have been okay, but it wasn't just him. We lost our engineer, our lead at race engineer, our second engineer, uh, front end mechanic, underneath guy, interior guy, truck driver, you go down the list, we lost everybody. And so that was a tough off season. Um, finding Travis was a, a, you know, great home run for us. But there's so many other spots that we filled in that we did really well in. Um, and so the, it appears that we haven't missed a beat. And I could see that from a performance standpoint. Um, I just want to, one year, keep all my guys <laughs> and see what we can do year two. Right? Like you take this group right now and you give us another full year together and we're going to be really good really good and and that's not just travis that's that's from the top down um and so i'm excited about where we can go and and what we can do and i'm thankful that we got great people and it's tough you know you just don't know how chemistry is going to go you don't know how it's all going to come together travis has done a great job i knew he would though i mean uh, the reason that he's here is because i went and got him and he's the guy i wanted 
And it wasn't a, it wasn't a like, a, well, let's take a chance. And it wasn't taking a chance to me. I knew what I needed and I knew what I wanted and he was it. Um, all the other pieces that came together collectively was, was um, amazing because you don't always get that chemistry that we have as a group. So it's, it's been good. Well, you know, you got all of them together here for the next 12 races. So two more to go before the playoffs. You're locked in. I know that makes you rest a little bit easier, but you've got two more tracks here this week at Watkins Glen, Daytona next week that you obviously can do very well at too. How do you feel about wrapping up the regular season? And what are your thoughts going into round one of the playoffs? So uh, I feel great about wrapping up the regular season, not just because we won and we're in, but these are our best tracks and we knew it. We knew it last week and we knew it three weeks ago when we were struggling and, and Bubba was scoring all those points. We're like, oh, if we could just stay close, when we get to these final three, we'll be able to close that gap and get to where we need to get. Um, so, you know, we can go to Watkins Glen and have the same speed that we had at Indy and, and challenge, you know, I'm, I would love to say we're going to go there and go two in a row. And I think that the, that's a possibility, but we all know how hard it is to win cup races, but I bet you, we have speed. I bet you, we unload in the top 10 and top five and make it to the second round and do what we do at these road courses and give ourselves another shot at it. I'm really excited about Daytona, not just because of how well we run there, but going to Daytona in a must win situation or even managing points is almost impossible. Um, because you look at those stages and you can go from second to 12th in one corner, depending on how the draft goes and what lane you're in and what's moving. Um, so I'm thankful that I'm not going to have to be in that pressure cooker of being, you know, slightly in or slightly out going to Daytona because that is, that's a tough place for that to happen. Um, but it also, for me, it kind of goes there with a lot of freedom to go and, and learn a few things. I think this next gen car race is a little bit different. Um, I've done well in this next gen car at super speedways, but I don't think I as good as I was in the older car. And so there's some things that I need to work on having a little bit of freedom to do that. I think will be good. And that'll help me for Talladega and just, um, having, you know, a little less pressure. And I feel like at Daytona, the, the road courses, the pressure helps me. It helps me stay focused. Daytona, I feel like coming in there a little bit lighter helps you make better decisions in those those moments. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm excited about the next few weeks. All right, man. Congratulations again. Big win. Looking forward to the playoffs. All the best to you and the family and the entire team there at Front Row. Big win for you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We mentioned a few moments ago how that win turned the playoff grid upside down. It complicated the lives of Daniel Suarez, Ty Gibbs, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman. Here is the lay of the playoff grid land coming into Watkins Glen this weekend. Kevin Harvick is in by 145. Brad Keselowski is in by 143. Bubba Wallace is only in now by 28. He is the final driver. There's only three open spots available. Two races to go in the regular season. On the outside looking in, you got Daniel Suarez out by 28. Ty Gibbs out by 49. Chase Elliott, by finishing second, but with McDowell winning, is now out by 80. He gave up a lot of ground with that win that, that McDowell got. And then Alex Bowman out by 80 as well. A.J. Allmendinger out by 87. Got a couple of road course dudes that are down there below that cutoff line. They're going to be out for blood this weekend. It's going to be a very interesting go bowling at the Glen. When you put all this together, curiosity killed the cat, they say. Well, curiosity is getting the best of me as 
so far as what Vegas has to say this coming weekend. Trey, what do you got for us this week heading into the final road course before the playoffs began? What is the pulse out there in Sin City? Well, Mike, pretty much at the end of Sunday's race with Chase Elliott's run, his the closest he's been to a win this year and locking in locking himself into the playoffs and continuing that streak he's had every year that he's been in the Cup Series making the playoffs, people are saying Chase Elliott should absolutely be the favorite going to Watkins Glen, a place where he's won twice and might have had a faster car than Kyle Larson the past two years. And Vegas definitely agrees. Chase Elliott is the favorite to win this weekend at Watkins Glen. And he has the best odds to win a race of any favorite in 2023. Plus 350 or three and a half to one. Yes, that's still a big underdog if you look at it in any other sport. But in NASCAR, we're typically seeing the favorites anywhere from five to one to even 12 to one when you get to a super speedway. So plus 350, Vegas has a lot of stake in thinking Chase Elliott is going to win this weekend. Now, the driver who has beat Chase Elliott the past two times at Watkins Glen is Kyle Larson. He is the second favorite. He is 5-1. to one. And then right behind those two is the driver who could lock up the regular season championship this weekend at Watkins Glen. It's Martin Truex Jr. who won earlier this year at Sonoma. He is at plus 650 to win. If you're asking me for my pick, I think Chase Elliott's going to get it done. Now, he's been a little bit up and down. His average finish is great, but he hadn't shown that winning speed until this past weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. I think he's in good form. Watkins Glen is a place where he can basically go out and dominate, and I think his team has put a lot into this weekend. I think Chase Elliott will win this weekend and upset that playoff field even more, and who knows what we're looking at going into Daytona. Now, there are a couple of long shots, a couple of those names that you mentioned below the cut line that are in must-win situations with Chase that I also think could pull off an upset win this weekend. One is Alex Bowman, Chase's teammate, who ran very well this past weekend at Indianapolis. He's running the Xfinity race on Saturday as well to get a little bit more track time. He is 30-1, to Bowman is, this weekend. And then Austin Sendrick. Sendrick has won at Watkins Glen uh, in the Xfinity series a road course or a super speedway. Cindric is going to have a chance both of these last two weekends. Cindric is also 30 to one. So those are two long shots that I think could really turn the playoffs on its head, but an Elliott win does that anyways. And I think that's what happens on Sunday afternoon. An Elliott win would complicate the lives of Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez, Ty Gibbs, Alex Bowman. It would also complicate the lives of Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski as they would now be ushered down that playoff leaderboard going into the regular season finale at Daytona. Trey, appreciate it. Here's how things shake out at Watkins Glen broadcast-wise for us. We've got a jam-packed weekend of broadcasting. It'll kick off Friday evening, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll have coverage of the Arkham and Art Series, General Tire 100 at the Glen. Saturday, doubleheader coverage. We'll kick it off with NASCAR Cup Series pole qualifying, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. Later that afternoon, it'll be the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Shriners, Children's, 200 at the Glen, 3 p.m. in the East. And then we are back Sunday for the Gold Bowling at the Glen for the NASCAR Cup Series, the penultimate race of the NASCAR Cup Series regular season, 2 p.m. Eastern time, NASCAR Live Race Day, right here on the Motor Racing Network. For producer Trey and everybody here at the Motor Racing Network, we'd like to uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the download. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a weekend full of racing from the Glen. We're back with you right here next week on NASCAR Live Wide Open. 
to break down the regular season finale at Daytona. Until then, have yourselves a good time. We'll talk to you soon. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.